When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as K Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. Let's start the show. Funny how time flies when you're Having fun, ooh, baby. Mm. Funny how time flies when you're having fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it all went. Time passed us by. Just when it seems the fun begins. Yeah, I'm yeah, speechless. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> I me thought you too. were coming in with a joke. I thought you were coming in with a joke. Not today. <laughs> Much like Eric being Rakim, I ain't no joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I decided to just bring in a musical stylist because you know what? I, I have a feeling that today is going to be a good day. We're going to have it a good is. show. It and is. it's going to go fast for us. Time is going to fly because we're about to have some fun. So what <laughs> you just heard was a clip of Coco from SWV. Mm. You mm. know, the one with the nails and the voice. So <laughs> that was her just fucking around, playing around. She was in a hotel or something um, just singing, singing, singing that song. And Janet Jackson tweeted it. She tweeted it. I'm sure uh, she did. A video clip. And she was like, I love Coco, and I love hearing her sing my song, which sing my song was kind of shady, but what you expect? Like, <laughs> you know if, if anybody, because, you know, she could have just been like, this is so good. I love this. You know what I'm saying? But she said, I love her singing my song. You know what I'm saying? We got to catch that. So, but that's all. I just want to bring a little joy. You know what I'm saying? Bring a little joy. That's it. That's all I wanted. So, funny how time flies is we finna have fun as we welcome Everyone to the friend zone, which is your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell or um, at 2300 Jackson Street wants a musty brain? <laughs> I know I don't. The fact we know the address. <laughs> yeah. How Them damn are Jacksons. you guys? What's up? Hey, friend, how you doing? I'm doing amazing. How are you guys doing today? I'm feeling good. Feeling okay. good. I'm, great. I'm in the mood. You ever watch T.S. Madison's uh, Maddie in the Morning show? Shout out to T.S. Madison, who killed it in the Zola movie. By oh, the my way. God. But I saw Zola, and when she oh. popped up on the screen, I literally the entire theater 
just started Scream. laughing and screaming because her <laughs> what she was saying was so yeah. damn funny. <laughs> you gotta see it. If you didn't see it yet, you have to see it. If anything, just for it. that scene. You haven't seen it. I haven't Please seen it. Please go see. You have to see it. You're the gonna love it. I wanna see. I already it. know it, but but this right here just needs means I need to expedite. So Absolutely. yes, message received. I bring her up because on her show, her YouTube show, Maddie in the Morning, which is hilarious, where she talks about just news items, hot topics or whatever, but it's not like God, celebrity gossip. It's just really good. It's a real morning show. Yeah. But she uh, has a sign that sits on her desk that says either in the mood or not in the mood. And she <laughs> rotates it depending on her mood. Oh, that's genius. So, I need and that. And today, I'm in the mood, okay? <laughs> I'm ready to talk some shit. You ever just yes. want to talk shit? Yeah. Like, I'll be happy to see y'all because I know when we just... We we talk some shit. <laughs> Think about when we was at Noah's birthday party. It's a seven-year-old's birthday party. It's okay? like an instant thing. It got to rolling. You know what I'm saying? The balloons was fucking up. You know. Oh my geez. God. That was, was that was, was literally what the introduction to seeing y'all. Y'all don't know what I went through rolling. with the balloons that day. Shit, I know what I went running. through crossing that prairie. Across that, I feel like I was walking across the state of Kansas, <laughs> coming across that park. Jay, just Jay talking about, it ain't that far. You see the blue grill. I was like, why have I been walking for 15 minutes, Jade? <laughs> the party was in Long Island, and we, we had to start from a, a Brooklyn park. Long Island it was crazy. Island it was worth it because we love Noah and we love so Jade. So much. Yes. So it was worth it. But God damn, man, I felt like I was ro- I felt like I was a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> you know Jade. It always bamboozling. It's always Jade. Did so y'all see? Wait, did y'all see shit. the picture I posted of Noah in Portland on the couch with her sandals and her braids and her anklet and her anklet. cute self? I love her. Uh, anklet, <laughs> L- long legs, looking cute. Looking I said, look tall. at this baby. Yeah, she's so cute. You know, I'm plotting. Birdman hero. So, no. I know so, y'all are. Oh, I told y'all no. like none of this. All I had to do was get on. Noah on board and the rest will fall into oh, place. <laughs> Jade ain't moving out there. I seen her okay. ass team about sundown town. You're the last here. person needs to be in a sundown town. Jade gonna be out there with a double barrel shotgun on some wild, wild west shit. You know what I'm saying? She like, really pick, is. Click, boom. She really That's is the last Jay. person that My needs Barker to be. My Barker and shit. Hell yeah. Like, she, she don't need to be out Low there key, with that. What a transformation. So, you're right. But I'm still Kicking gonna give it a year. Kicking saloon doors open and shit. That's Jay. Like, that's Jay. Yeah, you know my nigga Tristan a rider, so he's gonna be visual, right there. This Bonnie and Clyde. For real. Oh, so, God. They don't need to be out there, man. <laughs> It sounds amazing, actually. I can't wait for yeah, the show. Man, I'm the Netflix you. series. <laughs> I don't want none of y'all to leave me. I don't like none of this moving shit. That's I'm working on, on it. None give of y'all me, to leave me. Give me a year to work on Jade. Give me another year to work on Crystal. I'm waiting for her to graduate, so she's going to have a little more space and time. You know, I'm, I'm, everything <laughs> oh, is very Lord. strategically placed. Fred, y'all that's why? manipulation. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody on Twitter was like, this seems like a scam, friend. This seems like a scam. I was like, uh-huh, it is. Yeah. We're working out here. Friend, We're like, these puppets finna dance, goddamn. <laughs> like, I'm finna make these motherfucking Friend, you might need to be moved. You might need to just I go ahead in the real estate since you're just doing that. Just every time somebody comes and visits, like, oh, my God, I have a, a house to show you. It's going to be really Come fast. <laughs> you just could be and so I know how to create it. I know how to create a trip. Like, Tristan, uh, Jade's husband, was like, yeah, you know, we're going to feel it out. I was like, bet. So I just designed experience. That I knew would sell him because I know what he likes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 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 y'all should hit this and this and that and that. And then he was like, yo, this crazy. You know how Tristan talked. This crazy. This crazy. <laughs> I was like, yup. 
Yeah. How, why that, why yeah. don't they see what's going on? Why don't they see what's happening? They do. They just stay with Full it. Stop, man. Like, no, I'm tired of this, man. You know Ooh. what? I'm letting out all the air and the tires on every moving company truck <laughs> and van in the tri-state area. And I will go a little bit further about some other things I'm going to do to ensure you can't move, but that would be problematic, so I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm so wow. excited, though. Plotting begins. But with that being said, Asante, you have the Black Business of the Week for us today. This week's Black Business of the Week is presented by Target. Target invests in Black brands, building a legacy of success. Let's rise together. Discover more at Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure. I want to shout out Dion for emailing us. And as always, you all can email us at the network.com. The subject here is Black Business of the Week, All Black Bookstore, Making the News. Um, I'm, writing, I'm writing to you in hopes of nominating my dear friend for your Black Business of the Week segment, Corey Smith is the owner of Black and Brown, stylized as just BLK plus BRWN. I like that. A local bookstore in Kansas City with an equally present virtual bookstore that is making the news. This bookstore is causing the Black community to awaken and white allies begin questioning their privilege and outdated thinking all through the power of literature. We heal through reading. Uh, Black and Brown is the first smart bookstore and solely focuses on the Black experience. And yes, that does include Black queer people like me. All of the literature and text are written by Black authors in order to fully express the many dimensions of the Black culture. Not only is Black and Brown a bookstore, but Corey also supports the community through the bookstore with educational events, mentoring programs called Cody's Homies, and it's a mentor program with all Black mentors. And on her grand opening, Juneteenth, the mayor of Kansas City came and publicly endorsed Black and Brown, and she made it on multiple media outlets in Kansas City. So... Thank you, Dion. This is the the shout out for Black and Brown out in Kansas City. If you want to get wow. in touch with them or get more information, there are webs- I love this. Yeah. I love this. Right? Black bookstore, queer person writing in. So, you know, there's got to be some customer service and, you know, some tenacity going on up in there. Um, but again, if you want to see more information on the bookstore or find more information, rather, the website is www.blkbrwn.com slash bookstore. If you want to just go right to the bookstore and look at what they have. And you can also see where they're located out in Kansas City if you want to stop by locally and, you know, just go in and COVID free shop and do all those things. But yeah, bl- all black Shut- bookstore. Love that. Shout out to Kansas City. I got family in Kansas City. Word up. Shout out to That's the Scotts cute. in Kansas City. I Her. love this bookstore. That's such a cool concept. I feel like the the past couple of black businesses have been like next level, like between the queer black barbershop. Now we have an all black and queer and brown book bookstore with yes. authors that that's like I'm like, have we ever seen that? That's so innovative and I, cool. They said the the black the in the black person bookstore, all the books on the shelf, they don't stand up straight. They lean to the side. <laughs> oh all, the books, all the books lean to the side in the black bookstore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <That's> oh. <visual>. <laughs> <laughs> Also, shout out to Black and Brown, baby. Also, if you want to support, they are on Instagram. So go check them out on Instagram. That's B L K B R W N K C. 
That way you can get some look at That's some live. of the books. You can look at how the bookstore looks. It's really dope. I would like to go visit, but I'm never in Kansas City. So if I have Kansas City, if I ever go to Kansas City, I have a you place got to a reason this. to go. Yeah. yeah, black and brown. Right, right. literally. Go that. flip a go flip a page. <laughs> go flip a page. Look, go, on, go to black and brown. Bobby Valentino told me I ain't got to turn the page. Okay, and up in black Ooh. and brown, I might just you know walk around and look at all the nice things and find some things. They said he was in black and brown when he's when he's singing anonymous. I wanna know. I gotta know. Why you gotta be? You really no, you know what? <laughs> Blackberry molasses. Baby, they said them books. They said them books is leaning like smooth criminal in the in the black and brown bookstore. God damn it! Okay. That is your black that business be, of the week. Wait, that should be their hood logo. It just be a bunch of books leaning. <laughs> a bunch of books, cause it's a black bookstore. All the books <laughs> cooler than a fan at the black and brown bookstore. Yo, why am I tearing? We're only three minutes that in. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Dion, for your submission. No, Truly thank you, Asante. Up... <laughs> yeah, thank you, Asante. Thank, no, thank y'all, y'all. Black <laughs> You got to high five them when you say thank, thank y'all. Oh, That's right, because it's black. Thank you. <laughs> On the black hand side. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. I can't even oh. get through it. So on last week's episode titled Lie Like a Rug, you can guess who came up with that, can't you? It was a shoot the shit episode, which meant no hot button, no segments, just whatever wanted to come up. And as usual, those of you listening had a lot to say. This one was so funny, though, because since we got into that conversation about our names, people were sharing. (laughs) You got to go first, friend. I have been in tears all week with y'all's emails and comments on Twitter and DMs. Like, y'all are so damn funny, first of all. So I'm going to go pick one that I saw on SoundCloud. Snow Blyke said... My mom was going to name me Unique, but she decided on Phyllis. <laughs> I was doomed. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I was doomed either way because I hate both. I'm not a fan of the name Unique. I wish I had a dollar for every time someone said, my grandma's name is Phyllis too. <laughs> she means so that's a generation. That's my aunt's name. I and mean, she probably listening. I love you, Phyllis. <laughs> it is a pretty name. Mm-hmm. I almost got names Gladys. No, not really. But my grandma's name is Gladys. Her <laughs> name, her mom's name is Gladys. My mom's name is Gladys. She could have kept it going. I don't think I'm a Gladys. I think she saw me was and like, was you like, know what? Nah, it's sta- it stops here. <laughs> you know, it ends here. So Redbone Pretty on Twitter said, "Can't stop laughing at Friends on Pod because Dad was Keith Anthony. They called him Tony. So I'm Sakitha." Latonia with the capital T and my siblings are Keith, Keithia, Keithin. <laughs> Wait, I can't even get it out. Yes, was what did he say? Yes, he isn't dead, but his legal name he changed it to Babu Mustafa. The fuck? So they all had his name and then he changed his name later to Babu Mustafa. I can't. And I know that I know they was like, I hope you don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, uh, uh, it already was tough. It already was hard out here for a Keith. Y'all, look, Keith, Keithia, Anthony, and Keithan. Wow, Dad, he was not playing about his name. That's I ain't never seen someone name all their kids. Look, Asante done turned off his camera. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for me. What'd you find, Asante? 
Uh, shout out to everybody on Patreon. <laughs> Special shout out to Tasha Mac Management. I just love that username for, you know, obviously. She reasons. is so funny, too. <laughs> she is so funny. Uh, a couple comments from her. She said, Dustin, will you name my son? I'm not pregnant yet, though, but when I am, just because Dustin was on the right track last week. He also, sure she says, <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I hate when people name their daughters Eugenia because their dad's name is Eugene. I have a friend named Troikia. Her daddy's Ooh. name Troy. Meanwhile, okay. me and a billion other women will have the name Tasha. We a try for real. So mm-hmm. shout out Tasha Mac for that. Also, shout out to Ebony. I love the name combo y'all were having. My sister's middle name is Lene. Mine is Sheree, but it's spelled like S H A R E apostrophe E. Now okay. I think she I think she did mean the apostrophe because she says, why the apostrophe? I don't know. Um, and my nieces are Shanae and Janae. So we got Uh sisters, Lene and Sheree, and her nieces are Shanae and Janae. We had to keep it going. It was my idea at 11 (laughs) years old when my oldest niece was born. While my sister listened to me, I have no idea. (laughs) My dad also. (laughs) I was going to say, wait a minute, 11. Child, Ebony kept it going. Running things, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Ebony kept it going. Uh, uh, Excuse me, yes. I was like, go watch cartoons. Leave me alone. (laughs) You need to name her Janae. She kept it going for real. She said, my dad also almost named me Camry after his car. Not oh, entirely God. sure how I feel about that, LOL. Not Camry after your whip, though. I would have oh. been tight. Dad, really? Wait, I would tell you why that's funny. Do y'all remember, do y'all remember those Ramona the Bray, Ramona books when you was a kid by yes, Beverly Cleary? I the Ramona books. do. Remember, she named her dial Chevrolet because she thought it was a beautiful name. Y'all don't remember that she said in the, in the book, the little girl, she named her dial Chevrolet because she thought it was a beautiful name. I mean, low key I it remember. is. Nigga, you got to go on Jeopardy for that one because the fact that you remember that. He remembers so Camry. So when she said Camry, fan. I'm like, damn, man, Camry. Dustin, what did you find me. out there in them streets? Ooh, y'all going to be crazy. I'm going to let y'all have that name shit because I'm going to give you a tweet of someone who got called some name. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Was it Wendy? So, nope. <laughs> Shout out to uh, her Twitter handle is at M-I-S-S-A-L-E-A-B underscore underscore. So, I believe it's Miss Aaliyah B, but that's how you spell it. And she had the nerve to tweet she, at 9.38 a.m. on July 9th. <laughs> 2021 Uh the lord's day she gonna tweet men's shorts get shorter every year oh first she tweeted i've been wanting to address this since it started getting hot which that's you already know (laughs) so she responds to that tweet and she says men's shorts get shorter every year why y'all wearing coochie cutters at this point, there's 612 quote tweets. Oh, uh, boy. 60 retweets, whatever. So the first response <laughs> is from someone whose Twitter name is Next Question Tamika. And he says, <laughs> stay out of men's business. <laughs> the next response is from someone named Trini underscore daddy, D-A-D-D-I-E. And he tweeted a gif of Snoop hanging up the phone that says, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> The next tweet is from Lex. I am Lex Styles. Why are you complaining with Countess Vaughn? <laughs> Why are you complaining? One of my favorite. The games. next tweet is from 
the Monroe who says, and y'all faces get heavier with makeup. Ooh. Are we done just saying things now? Or <laughs> like, wow. then the next tweet, because we read them today. The next <laughs> tweet says, actually, men's shorts were short and then got longer, and now they are going back to shorter. You just got caught in the middle of the transition. <laughs> Somebody else said, clearly you never heard of the damn 1970s. <laughs> I personally <laughs> like short shorts on men, especially when y'all be having them sexy ass legs and that sexy ass walk. I'll be like, yes, give it to us down Black the street. Friend be enjoying the shows, honey. Yeah, I really do. You know I really do. I love a man with a good we got, walk. We got stems. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got stems. I love a good walk. Do y'all love a good walk? Am I the only one that be staring at how people walk? I always thought no, that I was the game. Mm-hmm. I love a good walk because that means that mean them legs are going to look good stretched out <laughs> later on. So I love a good walk. Let me see your walk, walk, walk. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to have a motherfucker out here stretching like Simone Biles. Okay. I'm, Hello. I'm east, east to west. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what was the song we were singing before the show? No, we can't sing Ooh, that. I'm a whore. <laughs> Word to high sizzle in New Orleans. Oh, <laughs> crying. Everybody get your some, because when I see that leg, let me tell you something. They call it a gate, no pun intended, because mm. it's July. It's not even June no more. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they, you know, it's called a gate, like the way that you walk. I believe oh, it's spelled okay. G-A-I-T. Right? I don't think I ever knew that. See. Yeah, it's like your gate. Your it's like gate. The spacing between your legs, like the way you walk. Yeah, mm. so that's why I love it. I'll be, mm, mm. Come on now. I love, I love it. I love it. We're such old men. It was like, look at that walk. <laughs> Dirty ones. Dirty old Because only an old man will stop you on the street and tell you you got a beautiful walk. Or oh, look at them big, pretty legs. Southern men love calling some big, pretty legs out. Yeah. <laughs> Gate. G-A-I-T. A person's... person's manner of walking. Yeah. Okay, so G-A-I-T. Word, word of the day. Learn you know learn us, Dustin Ross. Work on your gate. You got to work on your gate. Hone your gate. Do you think you, you have a saying? good, do you have a, a sexy walk? Yeah, I walk like <laughs> I do. And I know I know it just like friend. You know you walk like you got a, a nice ass. You I, know what I'm I, I definitely do. Yeah. I have a great walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we're going to come on. I'm gonna, we, the three of us, we're going to come on in the room. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's Hey, you know what I'm saying? I Everybody have arrived into the room, so I'm a step. I'll put it to you like That's that. That's why we used to do our separate walks when we would come out on the friend zone. Everybody got a moment. It was fun. I miss that. I miss being on tour yes. so much. Yeah. Shout out to, I went, we all over the place, y'all, but I don't care. It's okay. Because I told you I'm in the mood today. <laughs> so shout out to, I met the most beautiful young lady um, at the club <laughs> this weekend or whatever. <laughs> And she came up to me and she told me how much she loved our show. She loved the two of you. Aww. And it was just so great. And I told her, like, I really have missed being on tour and being able to, like, connect with, like, the people who listen to our show. Yeah. So, I saw I that because she, she posted us. a picture yeah. and tagged all of us and, and did a whole beautiful See? caption about how awesome it was meeting you because she's listened to you, like, every week. And it was just such a cool feeling to bump into you. Yeah, she was cool, man, and I was so high. I was still. <laughs> you know what's high. funny? It's legal now. You looked yeah. it in the picture because she was cheating, and you were just standing there like that gif of the girl in the courthouse. You was like. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was looking like. I was like, you know, Dustin. Red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't help it because I had literally. I, y'all, Dustin I had got said. This. <laughs> I- <laughs> 
<laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like a one like a two gram pre roll that was rolled up in rose petals. Ooh. It was wrapped in rose petals. Okay, so now that's like, nice. Now I ain't I gonna like, lie. Oh my god, mm. those be the best mm. moments when a, you bumping into someone and you be like gone, <laughs> and they and they Maybe be like for y'all. Right, well, for, I was about look, to fall in them damn bushes. My, for me, when, for me, my best moments are when they're gone too, when they're no like, thanks. "Oh shit, you a Sante," and I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" And I'd then be like, we just I? like, <laughs> <laughs> see, I be, I, I, I try to keep it together because I actually want to like thank them, connect, look them in the eye. You know what I'm saying? So it was right. hard for me because I was struggling and I was off that Casamigos. <laughs> oh yeah, Nigga, oh yeah, yeah. I was part of the Kid mode. Fury. We was part of this. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> We was partying. Yeah, so, so but you know, it was good to see her and shout out to her. And I miss that. I miss being on tour. And that, that's what made me bring it up is when you mentioned our intros. I, I miss know. all that. I miss walking on stage. We'll get back to it. Wait. We'll get back to wait, it. Once y'all. things are like a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. The sun will come else? out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. Just go on Twitter and look how they cussed her ass out for asking that stupid ass question. <laughs> And and it's no, it's nothing against her preference, but it was the way she likened them to coochie cutters, which made it like a feminine thing, right? You know, right. to wear shorts. It wasn't just her saying like, "I don't it. like short shorts." Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, but once you try to, you know, the, when the, once the homophobia starts knock knocking at heaven's right. door, then you send them down to death's door trap. Right. So that's exactly what happened to her, and well deserved. See your toots. I thought you, you know what? That's I thought it. you were gonna bring up. Y'all saw that tweet that went viral where the girl was talking about. Um, if you're mad pressed to eat the bread, as soon as I you knew, come to the table. Fran, you took it right. <laughs> no, I, no, fill me in. No. Yeah, Put me she is same. Is the same as the girl with the shorts. She got slaughtered. Like I mean, the way her she quote presented tweets. It. it had. I swear to you, it was like something in like sixty thousand quote tweets. Something crazy. I know she was she like, was sick. she was like, so first she, she first of all she made it seem kind of innocent. She was like, so you mean to tell me when y'all go out. Y'all eat the bread. Y'all don't wait a minute or she try to like y'all. said it was tacky to eat the bread that comes when you go to dinner, and it's very tacky and pressed to eat it as soon she as they put it, it down. Coming back like even more loud and wrong, like it was. Well, so well, thank you, Emily Post, for the etiquette lesson. <laughs> but bitch, I'm eating the bread, and what's tacky is you sitting your ass across the booth at Outback, okay. <laughs> Fighting clocking it. me, clocking how I'm eating bread. You know you want some bread anyway. Let she was like, you, wow, I, I can't believe so many fast. people are tacky under my in my mentions. Yep, about, she I was, was like, doubling down. Like, I had to give it to yes. her, though. 60,000 quote tweets and she still doubled down. That's a different kind of she girl. She continued. <laughs> she was not going to let up. And I was like, you know what? This perseverance is actually terrifying to me. But like, hold your own, girl. I, I guess tweet through it however so you do. Who, who replied with the Oprah clip? Because I know that's where my mind went immediately. Like, I love Red. Red. I love Red. Who did it? Who did it? Because that's where I, I, I would have somebody went. had to him. Shit. It was okay. somebody. So I, you know what? You know who I want to respond to that tweet? This is this what we'll do, y'all. Who do we think we should have responded? Tamar Braxton. Uh, Chrissy Teigen. Who else? Who else should have responded to that tweet? Who else will go the fuck off on Twitter and don't care? Uh, let me see. Janet Hubert. Janet Hubert, he's you. an old ass guilty man. You, you know, I would have cracked. I would have came through with a joke like, like salt, salt bay joke man. I told you, I always love when I catch Dustin's tweets and he'll just be laughing at people. It'll just be like seventy five crying emojis going across the tweet. I feel like I can hear you. I can hear you, you see, laughing. You seen the late? You seen the latest one? Which one was God it? God forgive, Lord forgive me, but that oh, God forgive. Me. 
Was it the girl <laughs> screaming in, in Victoria's Secret? Oh no, maybe that's oh, no, no, shit, no, that shit that was I would, I would have, I would have blew boogers in that bitch's face. I would have sniffed my nose full of boogers at that bitch there in her fucking face. Carrying me if you want to, you're gonna leave here covered in snot, bitch. Kleenex. You're, they're gonna change your name from Karen to Kleenex, fucking with me, cause I'm a bitch. But, but why? anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is what no, this it. this the one. Y'all. <laughs> That lady, that lady that they had duct taped to that plane like oh, that. Oh, yes, that's the one I saw. That's the one I saw. And I tweeted you back. I was like, Dustin, I can hear you. Because he found that tweet so funny. I think you retweeted it three times with different <laughs> The way she was, cause, okay, because they said she was acting a fool. She had tried she to tried open, to open up the door plane door and bite somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, this bitch had lost it. This is the third time, y'all, that someone has tried to open up a plane door, but I ain't never seen nobody hog tie and duct tape them to the seat like that. They said, that. we will not. They said, it ain't going down like that, literally. So <laughs> they, had, they, they had mama duct tape to that goddamn seat and by the mouth, too. Did you see they had? <laughs> yes. It was even duct tape around the headrest. Like. <laughs> Low key, that was fucked up, though. It's too much. And then... <laughs> I was hollering because that's what she get. And then, then in the reply, they don't have a, a more humane attendant. way to, to get people to, to settle down. Fuck that. <laughs> Let me tell you what the flight attendant said. They identified themselves as such. They was like, I am a flight attendant, have been one for years, and this is exactly what we do when someone threatens the integrity of a flight. <laughs> and they mean, said, damn. and she did, they said she should have got, I see, judging from the picture, she didn't get that fourth wrap around like she was supposed <laughs> to. So I guess there's four points that they get your. <laughs> and it looked like the mouth was one of them because they had that bitch. Ah. I would pay. <laughs> I would pay to see the training of this shit. When uh-uh. to I don't want to see the training, friend. I want to see a live clip no, of it don't. happening. No, you you don't. can't. You see them holding her down. Get them out! I'd have been telling you, friend. Get them out! Get them out! I got. I'm gonna hold it. I got her arms. Just get him out. Dustin so said, if we had been on that bitch. flight, we would have had to carry him out because Hardy would have been. I would have been on. I'd have been in that line with them BBL girls. I'd have been right behind him because I couldn't walk. I wouldn't have been able to walk. You would have been. You would have been the 29th wheelchair. 29th wheelchair, right? <laughs> Look, what Tupac no. say? Picture me rolling. Because no. that's exactly what I would have been no. doing. I wouldn't have been able to walk after seeing them hog tie that bitch in the, to that chair like that. A crazy ass Karen trying to open a fucking door on an airplane. God. Bitch, have you lost your goddamn mind? Oh, it's just some shit you just don't do. It's some shit you just don't do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You try to open up a fucking door on a plane with me in it? Come on. I've not been able to be keep tied. my eye dry this whole episode. You got they should have tied her ass with barbed wire, <laughs> not just duct tape, something that hurt. Draw blood. You trying to kill us. Oh, my God. Open a door on a, on a plane in flight. Yeah, bitch. Okay. You, that's, that's, she, she, you talking about up and stuck. That's exactly what her ass was. Up and stuck to that motherfucking chair up in the air. Just where she belongs. That's what she get. You know what? Man, I'm with that flight attendant. Give her the fourth that's the wrap name. around. That's the name of this week's episode. Up and stuck. <laughs> up and stuck. That's it. <laughs> <gasps> All right, no, let's yeah, reel it. Let's reel it back in because we have a guest that's popping. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> now that we've collected ourselves, 
This week's episode is so special. We are so excited. We are collaborating with NPR's Invisibilia. If you have been listening to The Friend Zone for a long time, you know that I've been talking about this podcast for years. It has really informed my production style has informed a lot of my politics and even just the way that they do research over at NPR is so inspiring. They have full teams. You know, we do the show ourselves, mm-hmm. <laughs> like amongst the three of us, we kind of just pull the topics that are uh, dear and true to our heart. But it's really impressive to imagine having a massive team behind you that can really help you get the research that you need for the topics that you really kind of want to sink your teeth in. And I've always admired that about how NPR runs their network and their Absolutely. different podcasts. Like it's literally to me, they're the top of the totem pole. I yeah, think it's a podcaster's dream. The, literally. the, the possibilities are limitless Come with on. that sort of support yes. and, and, and those resources available. So that's why their work is so good oh. and so consistently good because so it's well produced. So I'm with you, friend. You know, and they have fact checkers and to make mm-hmm. sure that everything they say is true, <laughs> which okay. can be hard as a podcaster. A lot of the times we're getting our info from God knows where. But mm-hmm. I love that they have um, teams that are really making sure and securing that the information that they're they're spreading is accurate. And they're journalists, which already mm-hmm. sets them apart. A lot of them have been yes. doing this for many years. Like, this is their craft. They went to school for this. So it's just like a different polish And I think there's space for everything. I think I love the more polished shows, and then I love the more kooky shows like ours that kind of get to play. (laughs) We get to play in between all those spaces, you know, because we also have the freedom to to play. And I think that that's the fun part of being in the spaces we're in. But we can also admire those who, like, just take it to a whole nother level. So I'm so excited to have one of the co-hosts of Invisibilia joining us today so that we can kind of pick her brain see where she got her start, Um, even in researching her background, it excited me to see just how nonlinear her career has been. Because when you think of people Mm -hmm. in these positions, you think that they kind of just hit all these very specific markers. Follow a track. Yeah, Yeah. like a very specific track. But it's cool because she didn't. She actually Mm -hmm. came in from all kinds of directions. I'm excited to explore today. And she's actually here now. So let's let her in and let's have an amazing show. Hey. hey, Kiki, hey. are you with me? That's how you started it Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Welcome to the friend zone, Kia. Welcome to the friend zone. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, so we were just kind of setting the tone. Now you see us, we're hype. We have a lot of good energy today for you. But we were setting the tone of how much we love Invisibilia, how much we love you and the fact that you're the co-host now and just what that means for the culture and for us as super fans of the show. You know what I'm saying? So we're so honored to have you here because we want to pick your brain and trying to kind of get a feel of of how you got here and how it feels now that you are here. So let me let you catch your breath because I know you just popped in. 
<laughs> yes, yes. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Y'all have been in my ears all day. Ah, yeah. Um, oh. I've been listening and preparing, so I'm really excited ah. um, and really glad to be here. Thank you so much. You guys much. have such a great show, and it's so fun, and I love your friendship. We're actually working on stories about friendship right now, Ooh. so it's really like just good to be in like the friend zone, yes. right. as I've been <laughs> in the friend zone for like weeks now, yeah. so it's really so good to like be in a formal. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and, and for research purposes, while we there, can I just see your nails again, right quick? You know, I see that. that oh pink yes, and, absolutely. You know, we don't do no nail camera yes. now, but I just see them popping right. I was like, oh. right nail cam. I, I meant to put my rings on. You know, <laughs> I try to bring cam, a little beauty yes. magic. This is, you know, they're growing. We're working on them. <laughs> so, just for starters, because there may be people who are unfamiliar with Invisibilia. So, Kia, Miyaka, Natis, and Yoe Shaw are the co-hosts of NPR's Invisibilia. So, Invisibilia is a radio program and podcast from National Public Radio, which we're all obsessed with, which debuted in early 2015, right? Which is cool because that's actually the same year that we debuted. So there's some alignment there. 2015 was a good year. And the description says, uh, unseeable forces control human behavior and shape our ideas, beliefs, and assumptions. Invisibilia, Latin for invisible things, Fuses narrative storytelling with science that will make you see your own life differently. And I think one of the reasons I feel so connected to the show, and I can truly say it's in my top two, and it ain't number two, is because, <laughs> <laughs> and people know this, so I'm not saying it just because you're on the show with us today, but it's it's the storytelling. And when I was researching your backgrounds and uh, your interests and even what you went to school for, I see that you have such a deep interest and curiosity in stories, even seeing the different media that you've been a part of, which I want to get into today because I was telling the guys the most exciting part about you is that you have dibbled and dabbled in a lot of different formats and fields, which is exciting because most people would think that, uh, Markers of success have to be a little more linear, but I love Mm. that you have kind of like gone every Mm -hmm. which way, every Mm -hmm. corner and still are at the top of your game. And to for us as creatives who our parents are always trying to get us to stick to like formulas and trajectories and you need to do this and do that. It's exciting to to witness people like you who are kind of just like hitting everything in every direction that you are interested in and still still here, like killing it. So. It's inspiring. It's so inspiring for us Oh, man, thank you. Especially as black creatives, right? Because I feel like our parents tend to be a little harder on us. A little. Because they're like, get it together. (laughs) They finally know where I work. Right? (laughs) You got concrete things to They bother to remember this one. (laughs) Right. Right. This is the check. where you work? Right. (laughs) We can't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) This is the check that they're proud of. I know how that goes. So tell us how you started. How did you get your start with storytelling? Like, where does where do you think that curiosity kicked in for you? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I came into the world with questions. Mm. You know, it's like who's in charge? Who's running this place? What's going on? What's that? You know, <laughs> I know that's um, right. <laughs> and so, you know, I think questions do lend themselves to story because it's like you get information and you want to share it. Mm. Um, I'm a middle child, so you know, I had to fight for attention. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so being um, a storyteller. Um, 
and being curious and trying to process the world and share it with other people and also like really understand how other people see the world. I just think I was really naturally drawn to it. I'm also a big reader. Mm. I think like there was a point in my youth where I was just like, you know, I, my, my grandmother and my father are always reading and like have like encyclopedic knowledge of stuff. Ooh. And so I was like, I want that. I want to be able to like speak on things. Um, and so I um, just became a reader and really just invested in how stories help me understand the world. It's just like my natural language of just like, I need to understand this and story helps me understand it. And so my journey, like you said, has been such a, a winding road Love that it. Even when I was on the journey, I didn't know what was going on, you know, like five <laughs> years ago, had you said like, oh, because like you, Fran, I was a massive fan of the show, yes. you know, like telling people, sending episodes, because to me, it was like free therapy. It was like, you know, I need to work something out. I'm sure there's an episode that can speak to what I'm going exactly. through right now. Um, and I would send it to other people. And like, yeah, five years ago, if you would have said like, you're going to host the show, I'd be like, no, there's no way. Like five <laughs> years ago, I was, you know, I had graduated um, grad school. Uh, for a program that was like individualized studies. So I made it myself, which is like oh, really wow. great while you're in it. Yeah, it was at NYU. Um, and it's really fun. But then you leave and it's like, well, it's individualized studies. There's no career track. Right. You don't leave How that with like, translate? okay, then you go work for. Right, right exactly. So it's like now I'm in debt. Um, <laughs> and I don't know what I'm going to do and was working, you know, all types of odd jobs trying to figure out how to be a creative, how to share my work, how to do things that resonated with who I was as a person um, and also like made me feel good. Um, and so, you know, ended up doing a lot of different art artistic practices and residencies, um, which eventually got me linked up to someone, another black woman who was working at Invisibilia. I met her mm. at a residency, B.A. Parker. She hosts the Cut podcast now. She's really great. Oh, um, and she mentioned my name. You know, when you talk about people saying your name yeah. in rooms, she, you Ecosystems. know, they were looking for people to come help the show. Yeah. Mm. And they, she was like, you know, I just met this woman. She's, you know, doing this kind of weird sound stuff. You guys should like, you know, look into her. Mm. And I came to DC for a couple of weeks, you know, it was just kind of like, we've got money in space, you can come work for us. And it was just so synergistic when you like find yourself in a place where it's just like, completely timing perfect of mm -hmm. just like I arrived there and being in conversation with like Elise and Hannah and Yoe and Abby and all these different people. And you know, just feeling like everything was clicking like, oh, you guys get me. Um, we get each other, we think in the same way. It was a homecoming of sorts. Mm. Wow. Just like, man, I really feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Oh. And then a year later to be like, oh, wait, there's no one hosting the show? Oh. You need a host. I can host. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> you know? Um, and, you know, kind of hype myself up. You know, this was like the summer 2020 when everything was going down. Right. So, you know, the energy that summer was just Heavy. like yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was like really crazy energy. And like really was something that... Um, if you could figure out how to navigate that energy, you could really figure out something for yourself. Very, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Especially that, that whole year. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. If you could, if you could like see the forest for the trees and Ooh. like sort of like bob and weave your way yes. through, and that's what I felt like happened to me, where it was like, okay, this is a moment where things might be falling apart, but there's also an opportunity to put things together mm, in, in a, a different way. way, and like. Yeah. And so that was just like, you know, I just talking to Yoway and be like, we can do this. Like, let's try. Um, and a year later, being in this position has been nothing short of 
a blessing. Um, and like one of those testimonies, I'm like, oh, I don't want to, you know, like I want to be quiet about no, it because it's overwhelming no. for me to really think about. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely just like a transformative experience and feel so lucky to be in a position where I'm working for a company and on a show where I really, really, really feel um, at home mm. and empowered mm. um, and also just like can be myself, you know, like that's a big thing that we push for. I was almost a little bit nervous to do the show because I was like, oh, I'm going to have too much fun. Yeah. I'm, forget. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you like, said oh, that. I'm yeah. so glad you say that because I was going to yeah, ask, I was, I was, I was gonna ask like, how is it at NPR? Do you really feel like you can be yourself or do you have this pressure kind of like this is NPR? Like I got to be polished and refined and you know we have our fun but there needs to be kind of a limit to what that fun looks like yeah and I mean I think you know it's like for me the permission starts with me of like right. you can be yourself right. and I think even you know when I left grad school and thinking about you know you know you'd be on Twitter I had a blog you know different like little I've dabbled like you said in different media mm -hmm. things and then it'll be like okay I want to get a job I gotta delete all this <laughs> stuff I gotta you know clean up my image yeah. and then you know coming to a point where it's like no I want I want to be aligned in every space. I don't want to have like different personas of like, I'm here and you know, you call me this and I'm over here Ooh, and you call me that. Nice. And you know, just like changing gears all the time. Um, and so I have to actively work to like give myself permission to be like, show up as myself, mm. not show up as, you know, some version that, you know, might be palatable, which I still, you know, it happens, yeah. you of know, course. and it does to a certain level, but always trying to match that with like, I want to resonate at a frequency of authenticity so I could draw in the people who are at that same frequency, mm. you know? So I don't want to, you know, I want to look into the audience and be like, these are my people. Like I can only imagine the nightmare of like getting a, uh, audience and be like, I don't like these people, you know? So <laughs> right. it's like, I really want to like gather around people who feel like me and, and have the same sort of, you know, um, compassion and, and all like sort of beliefs about that. And so part of that for me is like, well, I have to show up as myself. I have to show up as, you know, who I really feel, um, like being today. Cause also, right. you know, we change. And I think so. that's why I, now that you two are the hosts of the show it does feel different. And for me, I love the way that it feels because it's like my homegirls are hosting Invisibilia now. And there's something about that that it almost feels like, um, I don't, I'm not going to say there was a gap before, but there's something that kind of closed in where I just feel closer. Even though you guys are more playful, um, you're willing to kind of joke more and don't get me wrong. The previous hosts did the thing. Like, I mean, the show is what great. it is. I mean, yeah, the, the show is what it is because of their, their impact. But I just love the connection the that I tone. feel. Yeah. Like it just, it's a, it's a pivot, but it was, to me, it's a pivot that really brought in a younger audience that can make, maybe like feel like, Oh, I could listen to this and this is for me, you know? And, and you yeah. don't have to feel like it's like, like you said, the respectability of like, Oh, cause I know I've mentioned invisibility before and some people are like, ah, it's not my kind of show. You know what I mean? I'm like, did you give it a chance? Like listen to the stories right. and the research. Like I get it, but also give it a chance. That's why I've been kind of pushing the show for so many years. And I love that now they have these two, <sighs> women who are just killing the show and young women and, and the stories that you guys are bringing, I find them so interesting and way more immersed in our cultures, you know, which I think is so cool. But I'm curious, how did it go from 
you being in the background producing and you said they brought you in because of like your your audio expertise how did it go from that to hosting um it 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 was just like so many different things and this is one of those stories where it's like everybody's gonna tell the story differently so I can only tell the story that I lived which was you know uh we were in a space um in 2020 where, you know, things were falling apart. A lot of people had a lot of different questions about what they were going to do with their future and, you know, how they want to spend their time. Um, and also what NPR could afford to do. And, Mm. um, there was a lot of question marks around the show and around that time, both the hosts made the choice to leave for separate reasons Mm. that were not, you know, had anything to do with like the content of the show, just different business reasons. And so there was this moment where it was like, well, what's going to happen to the show? Wow. Um, and I definitely, you know, thinking about 2020 in that time, sometimes it's like there was something in the air because I don't think I've ever like had energy like that before where I'm just like gung ho, like shooting for the stars. Like this is not something that I shouldn't even throw my hat in this <laughs> ring, but because no one else is paying attention and no one else is thinking in this way, it, in my experience, now other people might have been, but in right. my experience, it was just like, y'all not going to let this show fall apart. Like this is a great show the people here know how to make the show and we can do this. Mm. You know, it was just kind of like a rally and, you know, Elise being very supportive, Hannah being very supportive, calling the powers to be to back us up and say like, give them a shot, you know? Um, And, you know, so Yahweh and I and Abby and Liana and all the people of our team scrambled for like two weeks to try to put together a pitch for like why we should be able to continue the show and then we presented it to like the VP of programming. And it was so crazy because she ended up crying. Stop. Wow. She was like, she was so like happy. Wow. She was just like, you know, it's all about timing, Oof. you know? And she was like, this is timing. Like you all are hitting like the perfect timing to do this. Um, and, you know, gave us, you know, her blessing and, and helped us staff up and has supported us. And it's just really been like, uh, a beautiful and miraculous ride that was just like so many different things just falling into place and like you know it's like in the video games where you see like things moving yes. past each other you gotta run through at the right time and it's like just hit the right moment to run through that hall and like missed a whole bunch yeah. of stuff that you know otherwise probably would have been hurtful because not for nothing you know black folks scaling ladders by the time you get to the top you may not know who you are right. and I think a lot of what has empowered me in this space is like, I come from a different world. So I, I bring so many different experiences and background and, and, and information that I can be freer in this space where I don't feel limited of like, that's not the way it's done. Or like, this is the way we do it over here. Like I'm constantly like, but why? Like we could do something different. We could, you know, so that's kind of like my role on the team is I'm always trying to like, like push and challenge and be like, we should do something different. Like we should try something different. Like we should, you know, push against those norms. Um, And some of that, a lot of that comes from like, I wasn't always in public radio. Like I'm not a, I'm not a backseat baby as they call them. I didn't grow up listening to NPR. You know, my family is TV people, um, newspaper people. So that's how we got our news. Um, But, you know, being, being in this organization and around these people and given the opportunity to like help lead change, it's been really exciting. It's just beautiful to hear your story, especially for you to have like the, the tears to come from the boss, but to know that also that it's matching the passion that you have. Right. It just goes to show like, you know, all of your intentions have, they haven't been in vain. And that's beautiful to see. This story is amazing to hear. And I love y'all's content. 
um, right before Fran uh, redirects, I just want to know, how did it feel? Because you used to produce the show and then to end up pitching the show and now doing the show. Like when you were producing the show, were there ever moments where you were like, oh, I wish we would have done this. And now you kind of have this instinct to like do these certain things. Or was it just kind of the same? It's like, all right, well, now everything I produce, I'm just doing it myself now. Like, or was there kind of like a, mm. now that it's through my voice, I'm going to do it this way versus when you had the other people you were producing it for them having to present it a certain way. Yeah, there's definitely a different agency that you get as a, you know, as right. a host, as someone who's in front of the mic. And and it's expected because it's like, first of all, I'm not going to say anything I don't believe mm. in. And again, I want to appear as an authentic person. So like my metric for like doing the show was like, I want my friends to hear it and to hear me. Mm. I don't want them to hear a business version of themselves, myself. I want them to be like, oh, this is Kia telling a story. Kia has told us so many different stories. And now she's just telling more people's stories and isn't that cool. And so, yeah, definitely it's a totally different agency of like being in front of the mic and being able to sort of advocate for how I show up and what happens in the stories and how we position ourselves in the stories, mm -hmm. what we normalize, you know, because a lot of times in journalism, they normalize like a middle-class college-educated perspective. And it's just kind of like, that ain't everybody. Hello. How can we tell a story that also, you know, centers all these different perspectives? And how does that make the stories better? Mm -hmm. Because also like, you know, I want to hear the stories that aren't just like, and I was the hero, you know, I think the spectator has a really great story too. You know, like everybody has a story um, that should be honored and, and told. Um, so yeah, it's been really great just getting that opportunity to try to like put different stories on mic, get different people to say what they want to say, giving them the power to be like, like sometimes at the end of my interviews, I like to just be like, Hey, you can say anything to a million people. This is your shot. What do you want to say? Um, and you know, it's how I ended my last story. Like what, what that person said at the end of like the story I put together was the very last question I asked them. I was just like, what do you want to say? And I was like, all right, great. Cause it's like, you know, I'll be in front of this mic for as long as NPR will have me. Um, but this person may not ever get this right. opportunity again. And I want them to just the like, access. you know, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. It's a microphone and a speaker. Anybody can gather in front of it. Um, and my, goal is to make a sound that makes the people I'm interested in talking to gather in front of that speaker. Like us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so one thing we were discussing before you came on was how cool it is that NPR has teams. Like you got, like you said, once uh, you told the boss, like we're going to take over, they created the team that will help you push the show through. So how does that feel as far as coming up with topics do you have to sit with like a big room of people and you guys discuss and kind of pick and choose what works, what doesn't? Do you ever feel anxious about presenting ideas because of how many people have to go through? I'm so curious what the, the background process is because you guys are so thorough. It's like inspiring because it's just us three. We literally just be like, OK, this is what we talking about this week. <laughs> we just knock it out. But I imagine, you know, having a team behind us, like what, how that would change the structure of creating for the podcast. Yeah, you know, we're we're not a large team. There's probably like six of us in total. Mm. Um, and like four, three or four of us have been working together. Yoe and, and Abby and Leon have actually been working this show for much longer than I have. 
Um, and so like usually the pitch process is like a meeting where like you write out a pitch and then we have this document. It'll be like 30 pages long. Oof. You have to read all the pitches wow. and then we'll like discuss them as a group. And it's actually really fun because it's just like we're all really curious people mm-hmm. and we have lots so of questions. And so you kind of like get in the room and you try to see like what bounces off of each other, what gets people excited. Like even this idea of like, let's do a season of show of stories about friendship. And it was a very simple pitch. She was just kind of like, I miss my friends. I love friends. Let's talk about friends. <laughs> That's literally what it was. You know, so it wasn't a, like a legit pitch, but like sometimes I'll just put things in where I'm like, let's see what happens because it's a space for us to talk about right. it. And we started talking about it and everyone was just excited, you know. So some of it is observation of like, what are people responding to? What is the energy in the room? How are we feeling about talking about these things? Does it feel like there's a lot there that we could talk about? Um, but, yeah, it's totally nerve wracking, you know, because it's it, it could also feel like, you know, I want to put in good pitches or like, how come yeah, no one's liking my pitches? Or, you know, how many do you put in? How much work do you put in for your pitches? Because some people will do like a lot of reporting just to put together a pitch, which is a lot of time, you know, whereas, you know, someone else might be conceptual and say, I have this idea, I want to discuss it with you all. Um, but it's pretty flexible um, and very much just kind of like, you're kind of like reading the tea leaves of the room of like, how are people feeling about this? What's the energy around the topic? Do people seem excited? Does it feel like there's a lot there? Are we asking questions? You know, that's a big part of us is like asking questions that we haven't thought to ask before or answering questions in ways that we haven't thought about answering them before. Um, We're really into novelty. You know, like we're really into novelty. I'm really into complicated stories. I'm really into like lots of different like emotional notes of like I'm happy and I'm sad and I'm also hungry and I'm like yes that's a good story um so you know I I'm it, like we all have different things that kind of like light up our our eyes of like you know um for example Abby one of the longtime producers on the show is very um interested in climate change you know we'll always try to bring those type of stories in and you know Yoe always likes some sort of like complicated never done before story um so you also we also really want to give people space to tell the stories that are important to them, you know, like we, and you, you know, the show has like really evolved over time. And I think part of the show is like giving the people who work for the show space to also tell the stories that they feel are important to them and like empowering them to like tell the best story they possibly can. And, you know, it may not be a story I love, but that doesn't mean there's not an audience for it. And it doesn't mean it's not a story that shouldn't be told. Yeah. I think that's the, the impact and visibility has had is there've been so many episodes where I'm like, how did they come up with this? Like who thought of this? Cause the topic will be, like you said, the novelty of it. Like Yoey's episode where she, I think it was in Iceland where she was showing that someone had, a producer had created a television network that's based on nothing yeah the slow tv Mm -hmm. i'm based on nothing happening and it was like um long like 18 hour videos of like a a truck or a a fishing Mm -hmm. wharf or something and it's and i love that you were like this is so boring (laughs) but it was like awesome because you guys are trying so hard to connect with it and i loved it because that's totally my personality i'm always (laughs) i'm the queen of like let's all slow down and just take in (laughs) you know the simple things in life and i love that that uh, tv network ended up being the most watched tv network was it in Iceland? I want to make sure I got the. Norway. It was like Norway. Norway. That's what yeah. it was. It was in Norway, the most mm-hmm. watched TV network in their history of TV. And just the, you know, in my mind, I'm like, who would think to create an episode around this? And that to me is what's so exciting because I never know 
when you guys drop a new episode, Lord only knows what the topic is going to be because it's just unpredictable <laughs> right. and it's the coolest formula. Yeah, for me. that's the best. Yeah, part we didn't know this. either. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was like Abby pitched this thing and we were just kind of like, okay, all right. <laughs> like, you know, like you just you want to try it. Like, I think a part of our show at the heart is like we want to be experimental. We want to make things that feel like art. We want to kind of like push, you know, just to like innovate and like we're interested in that we're interested in novelty we're all really curious people and so that that's part of it you know like when I say coming to work at invisibility was like finding an intellectual home it was just like everyone there does think like that like we're just like really curious people who like bring a random fact to a meeting bring a random movie (laughs) like just just bring something that's like oh this is random I've learned this thing you know and we'll all like kind of get excited and like oh that makes me think this and that makes me think that and you just kind of you know bounce it off of each other and see what shape it takes Mm. I think that curiosity was of the show, right? That we associate with the show, rather. Um, I think that was reflected, like directly in in you all, you all being chosen as hosts of the show, right? Because it's new. It's it's something that was not expected. Um, it's a fresh take. It's it just speaks to the propensity for the show to have those fresh takes and new spins and new ideas. And I love that shit. And I love the fact that you're in that host chair. And I love the new tone that Fran was speaking about that the show has, because I too, all right. I consider myself an information fucking super highway. I love new information. I love news and facts and these stories. And I love the random nature of them. And so the fact that you do too and now you're actually driving this vehicle. I think it's just fantastic. Do you think that your choice um, to even say yes to do this and pitch yourself to do this, right, and and go after this, where does that come from, that that, that curiosity in you, like to even mm. approach an opportunity like this that's so, so foreign from the things that you've done previously? Like where does that curiosity come from in you? I mean, you know, I was the type of kid, my mother would call me busy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I was bad. I think you don't call little girls bad. You busy. call them busy. Mm-hmm. You know, soft. like I was the child who was like, you leave me alone in a room for a minute. It's like Ajax poured on the yeah, floor. Vicks rubbed on the face, yeah. ripping up the pearls, like just like causing havoc because I was really curious. I'm just like, what is this place? What are y'all doing? Um, and I think it's so it's like, I think it's a natural like born in thing, but also talking about like, different opportunities and things that I'd done over time that felt random that you're just like, why is kid doing that? Why is she like, Mm -hmm. it just, and then it's like you build sort of like a, um, what is it, a little handy box, mm-hmm. like a like a toolkit mm-hmm. of like random skills that someone's like, what are you going to do with all that? Like, what is this? This doesn't make sense. And then arriving to a moment in time where it's like, oh, snap, I can use yes. all this. Like, I have all the things that I need for this moment yeah. that I've collected over time. I had no idea why I was collecting these experiences outside of just like being led by my curiosity, being led by, you know, oh, this is a door opening. I'm going to walk through mm-hmm. and just see what happens. And so arriving to that moment and being like, you know, sure, I've never hosted an NPR podcast, but I... I'm a trained broadcast journalist, you know, like, and, you know, was a child, you know, like did commercials as a child, like, you know, like I've had experience. So it's like, I'm not foreign to being Mm -hmm. in front of whatever a crowd and, you know, done all these different things, done improv comedy, done sketch comedy, done all types of crazy stuff. It's like, it doesn't, you know, never like went fully down the path of like, oh, you're doing improv comedy. You should audition for SNL. And it's like, no. 
well, then what are you going to do with it? It'll come up somehow. I'm just interested. <laughs> right, exactly. And then you write to a moment where it's like, oh, that's actually super helpful to like have this in my like ar- arsenal Your of things that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Things that I know how to do, things that I'm interested in doing. So it was definitely, I think it was a combination of that. And I also think like when I talk about, it really was 2015. Something happened in 2015 mm-hmm. because in 2015, I was just like at a place where I was almost disappointed in myself. I thought I had prioritized personal experiences over my career um, because, oh. you know, I was at a point where, um, you know, I don't know how old I was in 2015, but I was definitely in like my early 30s, you know. And so that's the point where like some of your friends been on their career tracks. They start making good money. Hello. You know, other people are, you know, they're like doing the life things that you're supposed to right. be doing at an age. And I was like, I've just been living life like <laughs> You know, and and so feeling very self-conscious of that because I'm like, damn, no, I don't have like I don't have the prestige. I don't have the thing. I'm like working at a restaurant. I'm a waitress. I'm seven. Like I'm just doing all types of random Mm -hmm. things. But, you know, a part of that in my own spiritual practice was like, man, I really want to actualize who I am. Mm. Like, I don't want to be on the bench of my own experience anymore or hold myself back. Cause a lot of that was myself. I'm like, I'm not ready or I'm scared or, you know, oh, I don't want to, you know, like you could talk yourself out of a lot sure of things, can. but I think arriving to that moment of like, no, I want to, I want to actualize who I am and do what I'm good at and see what happens. And still that didn't result in like me being like, so now I know I'm going to end up at NPR. <laughs> right, it's just kind right. of like putting out that intention right with myself and the universe, whatever powers that be that like I was open to and wanting to experience that and then trusting the experience of like, well, I don't know what's happening. I mean, literally the job that I had before this job, I call it like my rock bottom job. It wasn't really rock bottom, <laughs> but it was a job that I was like, <laughs> we feel it you. wasn't really, We've but it was, been there. <laughs> it was one of those jobs where like, you're like, yo, what am I doing? This makes no sense. I was working at an office park out by O'Hare. I was living in Chicago at the time. And it was literally like working in the office from the office. <laughs> like it was just like, like all those characters. It was, I don't want to throw shade on this place. Cause it was actually right. okay. But you know, it was like a professional association. So it was just like, it, just had nothing creative about it i was just like yo you have messed up because saying you. what are you gonna do right. but then i just i just i rationalized myself i turned into a story i am on the starting block mm. you know like this isn't where i want to be but this is where i start like this is where i'm gonna take mm. off this will be you will not catch me in another job that i don't feel like resonates with what i'm supposed to be oh, doing this will be the very last time and so like from that point forward it was just kind of like you know busting out the gate that was kind of my transformation, but it's it's totally been a journey that feels a little bit outside of myself. Like I can't I can't take complete credit for it. If you ask my father, he'd be like, Well the Lord told me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Okay. Everybody got a prophecy now that it's on. So you, you, said, how it goes. <laughs> you said you did a commercial at three years old. Oh no no no! I just you know local commercial. Let me be clear. I am not a child actor. It it don't matter. It don't matter. It was something, right? So take us through uh, some of those other experiences that led to you know added to your toolkit, your toolbox. Yes, yeah. You know, I think I was a child performer. Did like local commercials for like the kids escaping drug telethon. (laughs) You know, like I think I read a poem about not doing drugs, Um, and like, (laughs) and then did like a Richmond speaking contest when I was in middle school. So also things that just like prepared me to be in front of an audience and speaking. So like from a young age, like did a, a a story. You know, got to like the first round of a competition for like oral oral speaking and um 
whatever it's called, performance. Um, and then um, I did musicals as a kid. And like, you know, I had I have real entertainer ambitions, which, you know, when you talk about parents who are not quite open to the artistic yeah. path. Mm-hmm. That They'd was rather that. not. Um, so, <laughs> right, 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 right. They're like, get a Come degree on. first, you know, preferably a JD, like, and I then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the table's just quiet. <laughs> it's like, did she say something? I hear it. Um, so, yeah, doing that. Um, eventually, when I went to Howard, um, I wanted to be an MTV VJ. Yeah. Oh, hold yeah. up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> cute because who didn't want I, yes. I remember watching um what was her name ananda ananda lewis talia ananda yes and kennedy yes. kennedy and just yes. all of them i was like i really want to be on mtv trl remember when trl so had cool. a reboot we were gonna try to um audition mm-hmm. for it <laughs> oh that would have been, been so yes cute. so i did see it was that such a fun moment i did see that you um you wanted to go into music journalism and work in like mm-hmm. the magazines and print, but you said because mm-hmm. of the timing of when you graduated and the internet, that field had kind of shifted. So where does this love for music come from? I'm so curious. How does that tie in? I mean, that's just another like thing that's like born with me. Like, you know, like came into this world, listening to music, really resonating with it, feeling very um, at home with mm. it, feeling very, um, like it just expresses things that I couldn't access. Mm-hmm. And so actually when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a classical music uh, conductor because I didn't oh, even shoot. really listen to music <laughs> with lyrics. I was just, you know, my father introduced us to like jazz and like I just, my dad has great taste in music. So I just listened to his music. And it wasn't until I was like maybe in middle school where my cousins from Delaware teased us for not knowing who Method Man and Red Man was. <laughs> I became, I know, which I always say my cousins from Delaware because I feel like that's an extra roast. It is, a, it is, it is, it is. Shade. <laughs> no shade to Delaware, nuances. but shade to Delaware. <laughs> yes. You know, it's just like, damn, you don't know nothing. Um, so then one of my other cousins was like, we're not going to have you out here looking stupid. Right. So then, you know, Put start you watching your MTV raps, getting into so many different um, types of popular music and be like mind blown like you know that feeling when you're like hearing things that you've just never heard before and it's just like like I I like laying up in bed you know you 14 laying up in bed listening to the same little uh, song like a million times like just that the feeling videos. and and yes oh my god the way I used to be like Janet Jackson I get so lonely oh. thinking about some boy in 7th grade <laughs> I get so lonely, huh? <laughs> 14. <Jackson>. 14. <laughs> what you know about that? That's so funny, too. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so the other thing, too, is you have a background in reality TV. So, yes. <laughs> you, what show was you on? You know, I'm like, put us well, on. <laughs> I can tell you the shows I work for. So when I graduated, you know, this whole like music journalism thing just wasn't working right. out. And one of my really good friends had applied for this job, took a different one. But they were like, do you know anybody else? And at the time I was living with my folks, you know, in Buffalo, New York, Um and she was like, hey, you want to apply for this job? I'm like, heck yeah. And it also happened she needed a roommate. So she set oh, me wow. up. Like, I give her full credit. She got me a job in That's an apartment lit. in one fell swoop. And I was like, wow. I'm out. I'm a, I'm in, in New York City. So the first job I a had friend. was working for, do you guys remember? <laughs> yes, friends, always. Um, VH1, The Fabulous Yes. Life. 
which was like the first it was show like the, I ever the worked younger for. version of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous yep. with Robin yeah, Leach. Celebrity focus. Yes, yep, exactly. It was celebrity focus. It was a clip show. So that was the first job I had. Um, and then went on to work on the Salt and Pepper show, <laughs> okay. um, which was super cool okay. and fun. Got to ride. Like, I did karaoke with Salt Stop and Pepper it. at one point. It was yes. a lot of fun. They were really, really great. Did you know, um, and then did went you know to work. who they were? No shade. I did. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I definitely did. I was really excited. Um, and so they were, like, great to work with. So cool. um, and then Al Roker has a production company. Mm-hmm. And so I worked for Al Roker for a while. And he's, like, a dream and lovely. And then the last show I worked on when I was just, this is not this is not an implication of the person. Mm-hmm. It's more so just me being like, you know what? Reality TV is great. Um, it's not for me. Right. But the last show I worked on was Kimora Life in the Fab Lane. Okay. Which for the record, Kimora is also a joy and like show, yeah. she is like a professional. But it was just like it wasn't for me, you know. Ultimately for me, especially there was a moment in that period where I was working in reality TV produ- uh, development. Mm. So I was coming up with reality TV show ideas and pitching them to networks. Wow. And the company that I worked for was just um very much into like the splash, the big, the big thing, mm. but not like anything with like any sort of ethic yeah. or like moral. Mm. It was just like kind of the lowest common denominator. Right. Um, and that didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to spend my days working on things. That I was like, what is this? What good is this doing? And so coming out of like working in that industry, I was like, you know, I want to work someplace where I feel like what I'm doing is really like having a positive impact. Like that was really important to me. Um, and so spent some time freelancing writing, just trying to get back into that. Um, and eventually kind of started doing like writing for the red web. I was, uh, an op-ed writer for, uh, what was it? The Griot for like a hot wow. second, um, writing hot takes on pop culture at that moment when like everyone was starting to do mm-hmm. it. And then like also abandoned that because it was just like, not it. It just, I was very particular about things resonating with who I was. And it's like, this doesn't really resonate. It was cool. I learned what I need to learn. I'm going to, you know, keep it pushing. So, yeah. And it's it's dope. A lot of different jobs. Right, because you were kind of just trying on all those different identities. Like, okay, this is cool for this, but time to pivot. (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. This is the friend zone. I'm in the zone. And so outside of the pitching and developing, what else were you doing on these shows exactly? Like with the Salt and Pepper and um, Fabulous Life, what was your role in those different production teams? Yeah, so for most of those, I was like a production assistant, which, you know, is like the lowest rung on the ladder. (laughs) So, you know, it could range from like, we need you to run these tapes down to MTV to like, you know, you got to take the meal orders. Um, But also, you know, as year round, you start to, see how things are produced and how stories are told in the ways that, you know, I think you all probably know this, but I, I forget it sometimes, which is like reality TV is completely fake. Right. Everything is scripted way in advance. You know, you can't get a show without knowing the full arc of what's going to happen before you ever even start rolling the cameras. So even just having that knowledge of like how much of creative input somebody has beforehand you know mm. thinking like oh this is documentary and it's like it's not really <laughs> um but yeah doing stuff like that um helping to set up shoots clearing clearing people booking people finding talent um signing releases you know all types of stuff that was um 
you know, I mean, it was fun because you got I got to see a lot. You know, I got to travel places. I rode on a tour bus with Salt and Peppa down to Gina, Louisiana. What? Do you guys remember the Gina Six? Yes. I know this is yes, like a real yes, TV. Yes, yes. Yeah. But Salt and Pepper wanted to go and they don't fly. Mm. So we booked a tour bus and we drove from New York City down to Gina, Louisiana. Wow. Damn. And a tour bus with Salt what and Pepper. What a memory. It's like, you know, one of those things. Yeah, exactly. It's like you can't. You couldn't, I couldn't ask for something like that. And I'm so glad I had the experience just because it's like, it's random. You know, my life goal is to have stories like Quincy Jones. Yeah. Oh just all the goals. stories. Goals, goals, goals. goals. All the stories. stories. like, oh yeah, I know him. If that's your goal, then we got, I got some yes. more questions because you probably already got some things we ain't hit on yet then. Okay. Right? Real random question, right? Pitching, whether it's pitching for the show that you do now or whether it was pitching in the past. What are some things or some guidelines that you give yourself when pitching? When you're like, okay, I want to talk about this or this is an idea that I want to uh, tackle. And so, A, that's the first question. Then B, have you ever been turned down like immediately in a pitch? Like, have you ever started to say something that people are just like, mm, no, I don't think we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I said, okay, so for me pitching, I mean, I think A is like, what is your like, core interest of this thing and like what gets you excited about it I think it also helps like you gotta have something hooky that's another thing that I just learned from like pitching in reality TV is like we could get someone's attention just by like the title of the show you know it's right. like oh we got a show called Cherry Poppers <laughs> Now you want to know what cherry poppers <laughs> right. is, right? Because it's like you have a question in your mind. And so it's like, I think for me, a lot of it is like cultivating a curiosity gap with whomever I'm pitching of like, I want there to be a little bit of space for you to be curious because then that's the space where you might be like, well, I want you to do this idea because I want to know the answer to this question now. Um, and, you know, I've pitched in a lot of different ways. Like I've pitched in reality TV. I've pitched, pitched for like print magazines. I've I have to pitch at work all the time. And there's totally things I've pitched that are like a bus. Ah. You know, I think when I first came to work for Invisibility, I was so excited and I had all these like crazy ideas. And I was like, yeah, let's do an episode where like, and this is actually, I'm still into this episode. <laughs> but, like, do an episode where we emulate, like if you go on like a psychedelic trip, like let's try to make That's an audio lit. version of like, if you ever did like acid or like, you know, ayahuasca mm. and you know, it's, it's very high concept, you know, which is Literally. like a lot of people are gonna feel comfortable with that exactly you know it's like so then what happens it's like i don't know we're gonna find out we're gonna try it um so uh that was that was that was like a mm, the new girl has some interesting ideas you know? <laughs> i was like and i was like okay well you know you gotta you gotta put yourself out there um and you know it's like it's also totally about timing right. because you could have that happens to us a lot where it's like you might have things that you've pitched where it's like mm, I don't know, you know, and then you just put it on the back burner and then like eight months later, it'd be like, oh, remember that story you said, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, exactly. Everyone's excited and everyone's juicing like, yeah, do that story. And it's like, but eight months ago. But it's just sometimes it'd be like that, you know, back then you ain't want me. Now I'm hot. Y'all. <laughs> basically, basically. Do you have a process when your pitches get turned down? Do you like go home and take a bath? Do you like burn some <laughs> Because I know there has no, to be a I mean, restorative process to getting your pictures. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think 
I think with pitching, it's like I always try to like set myself up in advance of just like the important thing is, is that you're putting ideas out right. there, like not to get so into my head about it, where it's like if they don't love it, you know, even though, of course, it happens to all of us where it's like, man, I really love this. And I don't understand yeah, why people don't see exactly. it. And that's hard, you know, and sometimes, you know, there's some ideas that I have that are like, maybe this is just for me. Mm. Like, maybe this is just something I need to do or maybe people don't see the vision and I just need to make it, you know, because also pitching is a part of like you're trying to externalize an idea that's really hard right. and part of it for me is like no i get it it's hot and it's like someone's like it's not hot and you're like well then you're not hot. You know, <laughs> like you just blame it on that person like you don't own that like hey sometimes the idea translating an idea is really really yeah. hard and sometimes just like making the thing and then being like hey now do you understand what i'm saying right um but yeah it could totally i think i just kind of like planned for myself of like the good part is you put in a pitch um, and if it doesn't work this time, you know, just like have levels of expectation of just like, well, you know, I, I also think like, especially in this environment where it's like, I know my coworkers, I know my team, I kind of know how they're going to feel about things. Right. So it gives me a little bit more security of like, okay, I'm going to pitch this. It might not go cool down well <laughs> in the room, but let's but try it's it. Doing you know? anyway. How long is the process usually between a pitch being accepted and then it coming to life on the show as an episode. Is it like weeks, months? Yeah. It's long. It's actually a really, uh, a fairly lengthy process. Um, just from like finding a story, making sure that everybody's like wanting to talk and then like arranging travel, going to do the interviews and then the writing process, which is can be for me part of the more intimidating part of the process is just like, I have this fun idea. And then it's like, now sit down and write it. It's like, no, <laughs> You're like, oh, I just yeah. have this fun idea. That's it. <laughs> um, but you know, that takes weeks and then getting feedback. Like that's actually like less than pitching. It's actually the process of like trying to birth this story. That's actually really challenging. Cause there's so many different people who have opinions on it. And like, and that's a part of our process. We make sure that we ask a lot of people, we want feedback, yeah. but it's also painful because yeah. you you know, someone will say they see something and this isn't working for me or that part was boring or blah, blah, mm. blah. And you're just like, that's when I get my bath and my <laughs> crystals. Like when I, when I get into that part of the process, I actually like started to like create a routine for you myself in the to. morning to just like set myself up for the day. Cause it's like, if my attitude isn't there, I'm not gonna be receptive to what people are saying. I'm gonna take everything personal. Right. I'm gonna feel like crying. You know, it's like the process inside of trying to turn the idea into an actual arable piece can, can just throw you into a lot of emotional places. So that's definitely where I'm like, have my incense in the morning, do a little yoga, drink my I water, have some quiet time, <laughs> you know, just like center myself so that I can and show ground. up in these meetings and be like, all right, yeah. what you got to tell me? <laughs> What's wrong with the story? Go ahead. No, <laughs> it's usually not that. It's actually everyone really gets, but it's hard. It's personal. Yes, and as much as you can be like, it's not me. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is not me. You know, as much as I could tell myself that, it could totally feel personal. Right. You know, like you're rejecting me. And it's like, no, it's a story. Um, and there'll be more stories. Yeah. And then the feedback from the audience as well. Like, how has it been with the turnover with the new host? Has it been like a welcoming reception? Because I'm sure there are a couple of people that were like, what? No. Because <laughs> they got familiar. You know, not everyone uh, handles change well. So I'm curious how that has been for you guys taking over. Yeah, you know what? I was so scared, too, because I'm, I was I like, first it. of all, I've never been on my cat Invisibilia, so no one really knew my voice. Mm. I um, And 
I, you know, the first story I'm doing is like, it's about reparations. Like it's a really Came like throw your stake into the ground. <laughs> right. right. So I was really nervous. I like I was black. like, y'all, we need to be thinking about this. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm not going to lie. That seemed very militant to me. Not even intentionally because I was like, all right, well, let me go listen to, to the new host. And then I was like, her first episode is this black. Oh, hell yeah. Let me okay. go ahead and get up on this. <laughs> I was feeling that. And that's what I was hoping. Yes, exactly. And that was my whole point because I had thought of this story and, you know, I had come up with a draft and it's so easy just to center the white experience in the storytelling. Right. And I was like, no, I'm going to really try to push myself to tell a story for black listeners. Mm. And what is that? What does that mean? How do I need to show up differently on um, mic? What else do I need to be saying? Because, you know, there's a way that black people and people of color can talk amongst ourselves right. yeah. and then keep white folks out yep. of it. And it's like, no, 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 no. We all gonna listen to this conversation. We're all gonna talk together. We're not gonna censor ourselves of like, oh, that's not what you're supposed to say. It's like that's what she said. That's what they said. That's how it is. Um, and so I was really nervous because I was just like, I have no idea. Um, and I was so pleasantly surprised at how supportive and great Invisibilia listeners are. Mm. I mean, I should have I should have anticipated that because it's like everybody I know, even just working at Invisibilia, mad cool people, anybody who ever listened to the show, mad cool people. So I should have known they would be real cool with it, but it's actually, our numbers are up from Come the on. previous year. Yes. yes. And like, and congratulations. And gotten so much positive feedback from people like y'all who are like, we're like, really excited about this change. <laughs> it's a great change yeah. and it's good to hear y'all on mic um and of course you know there's always gonna be people who are like but why or like um yeah. you know there's always there's always people who are unhappy i mean you know my story pushed on so many different buttons and people felt feelings <laughs> but that was the point right. like yes i'm That's not here show does. i'm here it was <laughs> right exactly yeah. but even inside of that it was like even their their pushback is very much like considered and like they really try and so i really i really have so much love and respect for our audience because they have really stuck with us and i think new people are coming and it's just like an awesome community and i'm really excited to like just make it, you know, really build that community because it's a lot of really dope people listen to the show um, and our fans, and I really appreciate it. Well, it's yep. amazing to watch you be part of the evolution of such a, an amazing show and Come on. You, to know you've already been part of the foundation of it. It's so amazing and it's just a blessing to hear how great your experiences have been. And I didn't expect you to come on here and be like, yeah, NPR, y'all got to worry or nothing crazy like that, but how <laughs> genuinely like great your experience has been. That's just beautiful to hear. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a true blessing. I think because you're black and Yowe is Asian American, I think the stories that you'll be able to tell now, that's I think what I'm most excited about. The pitches are gonna be completely different, you know? I'm excited to hear more of our stories, more of Yowe's stories and your interests and, and there's gonna be more of a range. You know, that's why I think yeah. I, when to hear that you two are the hosts, I think that's what was exciting because it's like, oh, snap, we're in the room, you know, and then we're in the yes. room at this level, like with teams behind you that can really dig deep into the stories and present them in the way that we want to hear and we want to be a part of and experience. And I think that that's why seeing your faces when I saw the, the cover pop up on my podcast app, I was like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm lit. so glad. Yeah, your faces I'm alone. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, your faces Thank alone you so just much. made such an impact. I know a few, like myself and a few other listeners, we were on Twitter like, oh, it's lit. Like, it's lit. <laughs> yeah, thank you so such much. Such a great show already. So I guess the last thing 
I wanted to ask you because because you were in reality TV and then you had an interactive art experience that I saw on your website mm-hmm. where it was like a selfie portrait project um, where portrait mm-hmm. where participants got the opportunity to do portrait. And I kind of heard you. I listened to you on Debbie Brown's um, podcast mm-hmm. where you were kind of giving more insight on what that looked like. So you had the reality TV, you have the interactive art. I also saw a digital short that you created on your YouTube channel where it was like 78 days um, of being a Mm. black woman and you filmed Mm -hmm, yourself mm -hmm. over a period of two years. I was fascinated. Like you really have put your transmedia background to use Mm -hmm. and just learning how to tell Mm -hmm. stories within all the different formats. I don't know too many people that have used their college degrees <laughs> properly. Most of us have kind of like throw them to the wind, you know, but you have really sunk your teeth into, and I had to look up to see what transmedia meant too. Cause I was like, what is that? I wasn't entijely sure. Um, mm-hmm. Can you explain? I the other day. Right. I was like, wait, this is lit. So transmedia is basically like the ability to tell stories in the different formats. Right. Like the easiest example of it would be like the Marvel universe. Mm. You know, it's like it's a literal universe. There's TV shows, there's books, there's movies, and they're in conversation with each other. You don't have to watch all of the Marvel movies to understand, you know, uh, Black Widow, but it helps, you know, but you also don't have to. And, And it's applying that sort of like we have all these different technologies and platforms and we can use them and they can talk to each other and they can kind of create these rich narrative experiences, which I think for young people growing up online now, that's very intuitive. To right. Them. They get right. it. You know, it's actually, you know, the old heads who are like, wait, it's, but it's not a blog anymore. <laughs> You're like, no, it's not. Um, you know, like they're used to siloed things. And yes. I think we have so much technology. We have so many, and it's so accessible that you can be more playful. And I think that's like really drives my creativity is like, I want to be playful. I want to use these things to reach people in different ways and also to document myself in different ways and, you know, just kind of, you know, play with these different mediums because it's all interesting. And I also think I'm very interested in identity Mm. um, and like the way I change, the way other people change, which is like kind of like the heart of the selfie portrait project is like, how do you identify? Mm. and allowing that to be like an open-ended question for people to self-identify and Mm -hmm. find themselves um and so even in me documenting myself it's like I'm interested in how I change over time you know it was all kind of motivated out of my mother telling me when I was a kid like oh yeah I used to have all these journals and stuff and I really (laughs) wanted to know who my mother was at that time Mm. you know it's like you know your mom but it's like I want to know who my mom was when she was 16 I want to know who Mm. she was you know and so that kind of spurred me to kind of like want to know myself at different places Mm. so that yeah when I reflect on who Kia was five years ago ten years ago I can almost feel um like that's a different person but in a good way Mm -hmm. of just like oh that's interesting I've changed so much and I have empathy for that person but I'm also not that person Mm. anymore and that feels good but it's also interesting just to kind of like keep track of it um of a lifetime and it's it was I think I was just excited like I said to see how non-linear your career has been because most of us have are moving that way and trying to find our voices our place in this uh, creative field, especially, and just trying to figure out, like you said, you hit that moment uh, in 2015 where you were just like, what am I doing? I think a lot of us, we are, it's almost like we're so good at so many things. (laughs) 
And as as much of a blessing as that is to kind of like kill it in every format. Like I saw your art project, your digital short, everything you did was fly. But it's also like, but where does that leave me when it's time to like, quote unquote, buckle down and like really mm-hmm. pick a career? But I love that like you kind of stayed present regardless of which chapter you were in you just were there at full throttle I think that that's something that can be scary for us because we are especially with social media we're constantly comparing you know where our peers are in regards to where we are and it's just this this panic and this fear uh, at every turn of our chapters you know of, of like am I doing enough am I enough am I contributing enough am I gonna go where I need to be like um what do they call it the liminal space where you're just like not there mm-hmm. yet in between, yeah that in yeah. between and, and in a weird way I feel as creatives that we always feel we're in that space because I keep moving the goalpost <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I'll hit one thing and then before you know it that's not enough and then it's the next thing it's the next thing how do you how do you f- stay grounded in like gratitude and appreciating where you are without constantly thinking about what the next thing is Hmm. I mean I think it varies you know life is a journey and you go through different stages and different cycles of like so like right now I'm in a space where I like I feel really confident blah 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 (laughs) but I know I'm gonna hit that wall where it's like I want more I want something different and I'm gonna want a new challenge and to understand that about myself and be accepting of that and like to have less judgment of life of like life is where you arrive. And it's like, no, it's a, it's a long strip. Like it's a long strip of paper and I'm just kind of like bouncing around and at different points I'll be at different places. But I also know intrinsically for me, I'd probably be really bored, you know, <laughs> right. like part of, part of everything I do is just like, I, I, I get bored, you know, if I, if I feel too familiar, you know, so it's like, I personally have to challenge myself and shake it up and get out of, and I can't not do that. Cause if I'm, I, I, the very last thing I want to do is be bored or sedentary or, or, you know, just like, I got to keep it moving. Yeah, exactly. And stretching, stretching creatively. Yeah, exactly. And it feels good. You know, it feels good for me to do that. And so I think trying to always like, orient myself around my own values and principles of like what is important to me how do I want to live my life and just trying to hold that front and center as much as humanly possible which you know will vary at different points and times in my life if I'm feeling weak you know I might be like let me delete IG because IG is a pressure (laughs) of like all these other people are doing all these great things and I'm not doing that or you know I might you know there's just different ways that I try to create a a sense of like observing myself and like knowing myself and being interested and invested in myself and like my own journey of like, there are so many different ways to live this life. Mm. So many different ways And my, my, my pleasure and my, my purpose is to find the way that's best for me. Mm. And no one can tell me that, you know, no one can tell me how to do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's for me and me alone. Um, and so just like trusting that having, but having a sense of trust of like, all right, you know, it's, it's definitely a spiritual practice. Yeah. It's just like, all right, God, where are we going next? Right. And not being scared when it doesn't look like anyone else's. Cause I think that's the, yeah. the most challenging part for most of us. It's like, but why is mine seem so much longer or so windy or, you know, and it's like, there's a right. lot in those nooks and crannies. Like you said, you've been right. able to pull the skill sets from 
being on reality TV. I even saw that you were a substitute teacher for kindergarten class. So I was like, yo, yes. this is awesome. <laughs> like, yes, I love that job. Yeah, you know, I think I also think a lot about like if you want to do something new, if you want to do something different, you are going to be isolated. Like Not isolated, but like you're going to be there's not going to be a lot of people there. You're not going to find a lot of people on that path right. of trying to do new things. Right. And that's the whole point because doing new things is difficult. Coming up with new ideas is hard. Finding a new way to live is like, it's not it's not readily available, but that's part of the challenge. But that's also part of the gift. It's like Amen. you put yourself out there to do something different so that you can give the world something different. And then, you know, of course, you'll create a path and a bunch of people will walk down that path behind you, but you can blaze a trail. And isn't that cool? Yes. You know, and yes, is. also, isn't it hard? And also, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's those things. All but it's like things. you're doing something new. That's really cool. That's really challenging. It's not for everybody. Yeah. But if you if you have the stomach for it, go for it. Go for it. You inspired me. I'm about to give me one of them old school shirts. Remember them shirts back in the day that said, God is my co-pilot. I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm getting one of them <laughs> off the strength. Just off the strength of this conversation. You I'm giving me one so of them shirts. Yes. Do you guys have any last questions it. for Kia? That's it. Just thank you for being here with us today. Like I said, I'm getting my shirt, so I have found inspiration in this <laughs> So thank you, love. Keep killing it thank over you there so at Invisibilia. Much. The show might be called Invisibilia, but, but damn we it, see, they see you. you. Hello. Okay. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, y'all. It's been so much fun. It's been so great seeing your faces. Yes. I'm such a fan. Can, can we have, y'all been in my ears. I have one last huh? question, too, but I want to see yes. if Asante had something. No, I was going to say, can, can we pitch to you? Like, you know. Yes, absolutely. Can I just tell you, we are looking for stories about friendship. We're specifically Hello. looking for stories of people who have been ghosted or have ghosted friends. Oh, wow. So ghosted. if y'all have stories, yes. So if y'all have stories, Fran has my email, yep. send me stuff. I'm more than happy. I am like welcoming people with open arms to oh, bring us stories you. and bring us content. Because, stories, yeah, that's that. part of that's a part of building our audience and like building the community. And I'm more than welcome to. Please do. Yeah, yeah I mean, so that my, was the only question I had. Go ahead. Fran. Right. Good, good, good looking. Asante. <laughs> so my last question for you, Kia, is what will you say to the creatives that are listening to us that were in the 2015 space you were in, but they're there now, now looking back and knowing everything, you know, and I know it's hard to give that kind of advice because like we said, everyone's path is different. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different, but we all have that common thread. Like you said, of faith and trust and just believing that our paths will unfold as they need to. So what can you tell those listening? I'm kind of going to take your, your trick and tell you, you have the mic, you have the space and access to our audience. <laughs> what do you want to tell them? I mean, I think really trusting your journey, mm. you know, having a sense of you got to cultivate your inner world. Like it all flows outward, you know? So it's like if you can set up, act as if, create that, you know, frequency inside yourself that you are already there and radiate that out. And watch the things come back to you. Mm. You know, it's like you really that that's really my meditation for anything that I'm trying to achieve. It's like I have to start. I have to be the frequency. I can't expect someone else to bring it to me. I have to figure out a way to get there myself. Watch a movie. Listen to some music. Read a book. Do something to create the frequency that I want to be at and radiate that out and wait for that stuff to come back to you because it will you know with due time you know if, if your intentions are pure if it's based in something that's really um heartfelt and based around who you are supposed to be because you know we also have 
I've I've experienced this of like having shallow wants and getting shallow wants and then being like, why does it not feel good? And it's like, well, because it was a shallow want, <laughs> right. you know, like they they it lasts for a moment. Yeah. So, um, but to really try to resonate with myself um, and figure out where am I supposed to be, and then allowing that to like build a little fire, mm. and then your fire becomes a light, and other people see it and they want that light and they'll come closer to you. Mm. Um, and so just trust that, you know. Like, just be the frequency you want to see in the world. Come on, frequency. <laughs> Something Ooh, like Kia. that. Yeah. And the fact that your brain doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. That's the coolest mm-hmm. part. So as you visualize this life you want to feel and step into, you can literally create it as you go. So you're, you're like, you're showing us. Like, we're witnessing and being able to see your path and then seeing where you are now, we're witnessing this in action. So we're so thankful that you would step into the friend zone with us today and drop some gems. I already know this is going to be one of those episodes where our, our listeners are going to be like, I needed that. This felt so good. You know those episodes. <laughs> this was right on time. Whoa. So we're so thankful, Kia. Kia. It's my pleasure. Co-host of NPR's invisibilia stepping into the friend zone we're so thankful for you and we will be listening we'll be supporting we'll be watching we'll be all up in your comments we got your back and we're so proud of you for whatever ever steps you continue to take thank you again for oh sharing man space thank y'all us. so thank much you, it's a pleasure it's been so fun y'all and as always to those of you listening we love you so much we already know you enjoyed this episode because we right. did <laughs> and we will catch you guys next week stay black and protect your magic bye